This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Charts with Dan. I'm back in the studio after a week on the road. It's nice to be back home, and we have a lot to talk about this week. Jurassic World Dominion having a big weekend at the box office, as we all knew it would. Looks like the reviews didn't really get in the way of a big opening for that movie. Top Gun Maverick continuing to hold really well. There's some really interesting things to talk about, but before we get to that, I want to thank, as always, my partner here on the show, Carbon Health. We've been partners for quite a long time, and that's because we both believe in what the other one is doing. And I particularly believe in their mission, which is to make healthcare as affordable and accessible to as many people as possible. And as I've mentioned these past several weeks, if you need a low-cost COVID-19 test, if you don't have one at home or if you're on the road, you can access one at any Carbon Health location. Just check out the Carbon Health app and you can find a list of their physical locations. You can also do things like telehealth on the Carbon Health app if you want to do your healthcare virtually. Thank you as always to Carbon Health for being my partner here on the show. And let's turn now to this weekend's box office and the number one movie Jurassic World Dominion it's actually interesting the entire top five was above the estimates that came in uh, on Sunday which is why I like to do the show uh, prep it on Mondays and air it on Tuesday mornings because we had an even bigger weekend for Jurassic World Dominion than was originally tabulated 145 million seventy five thousand six hundred and twenty five dollars there were some questions about Top Gun Maverick how would it hold up against Jurassic World well it held up pretty darn well in its third week dropping just 42 percent bank another 51.8 million dollars we have a lot to look at as far as its performance dr strange in the multiverse of madness in its six week taking a 43 percent drop and bringing in 5.2 million dollars the bad guys and the bob's burgers movie actually flip-flopped uh, originally the bob's burgers movie was called as the number four movie of the weekend but it turned out to be the bad guys in its eighth week dropping just 24%. This is a sneaky good box office performer. It's sniffing up there around $100 million. We'll see if he can cross that threshold with $2.5 million. Just below it in fifth place was the Bob's Burgers movie, which dropped 47% in its third week with $2.4 million. So let's talk about Jurassic World Dominion and where it falls in the canon of Jurassic movies. Looking first of all at the top openings for the Jurassic franchise, you see that back in 2015, Jurassic World, the original new movie, uh, still has the highest opening in franchise history with just over $200 million, $208.8 million. At that time, that was a box office record. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom in second place with $148 million. Just below it, a few years later, we have Jurassic World Dominion with just over $145 million. Then a big jump down because it's a few decades later, or earlier, I should say, The Lost World Jurassic Park with $72.1 million. Remember, that was a Memorial Day opener, so it had a little bit of a higher four-day gross, and then Jurassic Park 3 back in 2001 with $50.7 million. But of course, that doesn't tell the whole story because the Jurassic franchise has been going on for almost 30 years now, as hard as that is to believe. So let's adjust those numbers a bit, but I'm not going to do it the way that I've been doing it, which is usually to monetarily adjust 
for inflation. And that's because if you've been keeping up with the news at all, inflation is becoming increasingly hard to adjust for here in the United States, especially. So I'm going to do something which is a similar number. And it's something that a lot of you have been asking about. It's something I call the bits index, bits meaning butts in the seats. And that gives me the approximate number of people that attended the movie. So that is something that is not subject to anything that changes with inflation. I did that calculation for Jurassic World and the Jurassic Park movies. Now, one thing is that I don't have exactly a ticket price, an average ticket price for 2022. That information has actually been a little bit difficult to find. I found a wide variety of information. So what I did was looked at the trends and movie tickets have been going up reliably for some time, about 20 to 30 cents per year. So I went with an average ticket price of about $9.75 for 2022. If I get more official information later on this year, then I'll adjust it. But this is just the best I can do given the trends. So let's look at not adjusted for inflation, but in a weird way adjusted for attendance. And let's see what the most attended films in the Jurassic World slash Park franchise were. As you can see, Jurassic World still number one with 24.7 million attendees in its opening weekend. And then a big drop off for the number two movie, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom with 16.4 million attendees. Then the Lost World Jurassic Park, when you change around all of that box office data, that is the number three most attended Jurassic movie in its opening weekend with 15.7 million right there around the Lost World, but a little bit below it given the average ticket price that I put in is Jurassic World Dominion with about 14.8 million in attendance. And then at number five is the original Jurassic Park with about a 12.1 million attendance number. And the reason those numbers are so low is because particularly back in the 90s, there were fewer theaters, there were fewer screens, there were fewer show times, there was a smaller population. And so you don't have the attendance numbers that were quite as big in those opening weekends. But let's look at the, the sort of mountain that has to be climbed by any movie in the Jurassic franchise and why the original Jurassic Park will be very hard to top uh, for, for not just the Jurassic franchise, but almost any franchise. So these are the all-time Jurassic attendance numbers. Again, this is estimated based on box office gross and average ticket price. And you can see that the original Jurassic Park was by far the most attended film in the Jurassic franchise. Attendance just under 100 million, 97.2 million attendees to the first Jurassic Park movie. This includes, I believe, some re-releases as well. Then you see a big drop, 20 million uh, person drop to Jurassic World in 2015. That had about 77 million admissions. Then another big drop to the Lost World Jurassic Park with 49.9 million admissions back in 1997. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom coming in fourth with 46.3 million and then trailing fairly far behind Jurassic Park 3 with 32 million. So you can see really uh, Jurassic Park easily the most attended movie in the franchise. Jurassic World, uh, you know, a fairly sizable gap before you get to Jurassic World and then an even bigger gap before you go down to the Lost World. Uh, and it just goes to show you how kind of special in a box office sense and really in kind of a buzz sense those those first two I guess movies in each franchise the first Jurassic Park movie the first Jurassic World movie were compared to uh, the other films but we don't see you know an alarming decline at least not in the opening for Jurassic World Dominion as I said uh, the the reviews which were were not very good didn't really seem to hurt the movie it got an A minus cinema score which is all right I mean I, I'm sure you would prefer an A uh, if you're universal but A minus is certainly not a death sentence. I think the biggest competition here is going to be what's the word of mouth? What is the competition that's being posed not only from Top Gun Maverick, which may be taking back some of those IMAX 
uh, show times this week, depending on what the admission numbers are. But also you're looking at Lightyear opening this weekend. Is that going to pose a competition for a Jurassic World Dominion? We are seeing kind of the old school summer movie season making a comeback. We had blockbusters coming in, but there was like a one month gap or a two month gap between them. Now they're all stacked up in the middle of the summer. Once again, we'll see what happens with Jurassic World Dominion next week. One chart that we may see in addition to next week is the 2022 highest domestic opening weekends chart. Let's look at the year so far. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness still holding the highest three-day opening weekend of the year with 187.4 million. But you see Jurassic World Dominion with the second best opening of any film this year at just over 145 million. That tops the Batman, which is in third place with 134 million. Top Gun Maverick in fourth place with 126.7 million. Remember, it was both a four-day opener and has had incredible legs at the box office so it did not do the bulk of its business in its opening three days and then sonic the hedgehog 2 with a 72.1 million opening back in april i think it's probably very likely that we're going to see Lightyear on this chart uh come next week so sonic the hedgehog 2 may get completely bumped off this chart we may have five 100 million dollar plus openings on the books for 2022 which would be a pretty nice return to normal i want to look at the number two movie at the box office this weekend as i mentioned top gun maverick holding very well dropping off less than 50 percent another 50 million dollars just over the weekend it continues to do well over the weekday and actually today i believe it will be passing Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness as both the highest grossing film of 2022 and the number one summer movie. How did that happen? Well, we looked at this chart last week. It was the first 10 days of release for both films, but you can see here through the first 17 days, back on day one, Top Gun Maverick was fairly healthily behind uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness by almost $50 million. But you can see as the days wore on, right around day 10, Top Gun Maverick caught Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. If you're talking about how much each movie had made through 10 days in their theatrical run. And now you can see through 17 days, Top Gun Maverick is at almost $400 million. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness in its 17th day was not yet even at $350 million. So that is how Top Gun Maverick is going to catch Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness from behind and pass it. It's the legs, it's the word of mouth, it's the holds from weekend to weekend. It really is one of those movies that we talk about where the story is written partially on opening weekend, but also very much afterwards as people go back, they see it again again. And, you know, I, I mean, we're looking at $450, $500 million domestic is not out of the question now uh, for Top Gun Maverick. This is truly one of those movies uh, that's very special. You get hits a lot. You get popular movies a lot. You don't get a movie like Top Gun Maverick very often. And especially in the summer movie season where everything is hyper competitive. So this is a really special movie from a box office angle. And really, I think for a lot of people, uh, there's just a buzz around it that you don't hear around a whole lot of films. Uh, so that will be your number one movie probably today as you're sitting here watching this video as the numbers have come in uh, from Monday and are coming in from Tuesday. That's going to be your number one movie of 2022 domestically. Now turning from domestic to worldwide, I talked last week about Top Gun Maverick and its place in Tom Cruise's highest grossing worldwide 
films. It is now about to become his most successful worldwide film of all time. It has jumped all the way from number five last week to number two this week, closing in on $750 million worldwide. It trails only Mission Impossible Fallout by about $40 million. It's going to pass that in the next day or two. So we're now looking at a movie with Top Gun Maverick that is Tom Cruise's highest grossing film domestically. It's going to be his highest grossing film worldwide. So, I mean, this is a career movie for Tom Cruise, who is in his fifth decade of making movies, which is pretty crazy to be that that far into your film career and to have a career hit like Top Gun Maverick. We looked at the adjusted for inflation numbers on Tom Cruise movies domestically last week. Let's do kind of what we did with the Jurassic franchise and look at it instead with the bits index, butts in the seats, and you'll see that Top Gun Maverick has uh, made some advances. It was not on the list last week. It is now on the list. It has broken 40 million estimated attendees. That puts it past Mission Impossible 2. It's roughly equal with the first Mission Impossible and gaining fast on both that film and on Rain Man, which had an estimated 40 42 million admissions, but that uh, first Top Gun, an estimated 48.6 million admissions, that's what Top Gun Maverick is gunning for if Tom Cruise wants this to become the most attended film in his career. But again, the fact, I know people would say like, well, well, the, 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 the population is bigger. Uh, there are more screens. Like, of course, people are going to show up. More people are going to show up. Well, I would counter that with the fact that, yes, the population is bigger. There are more screens, but the competition is also bigger. There are more movies. There are more things to watch and do at home than there were in 1986 or 1988 or even the late 90s and early 2000s when the early Mission Impossible movies were coming out. It's all intangible. But I think that for everything that somebody proposes as a reason uh, why the Top Gun Maverick number isn't as impressive, I can give you another number that would say, well, but the other movies didn't have to face this. There are no, and I've said it a lot, apples to apples comparisons. It's very hard, but I think we're, we're beyond the point here with Top Gun Maverick where you can really qualify its success with anything. I think this really is a movie that is connected with people in a way that you don't see very often. Let's look at the per theater averages for this week. And I had to do a little bit of detective work because there was there was an oddity here. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion had the best per theater average the weekend with $31,000 at each of the 4,676 theaters in which it played. Top Gun Maverick, the second best per theater average of the weekend with $12,167 per theater, still playing in over 4,200 theaters. But look there at number three, Firestarter. Yeah, that's right. The remake of Firestarter that almost nobody saw Number three in per theater averages, $5,556 per theater and 150 theaters. It also made about 10% of its total gross this past weekend, over $800,000. I think it topped the re-release of Morbius. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I thought maybe somebody put in a wrong number or something. You see that from time to time, but it was the same across multiple box office reporting sites. And then after a little bit of investigation, I found out what happened, which is that Universal paired Firestarter with Jurassic World Dominion on a select number of screens, mostly drive-in theaters over the past weekend, so that when you bought a ticket for Jurassic World Dominion at this drive-in or other theater, you also bought a ticket for Firestarter. Now, this is dirty pool. I'm not going to use the F word, meaning fraud. Uh, but this, uh, come on, nobody was going to see Firestarter here. This is this is uh, this is a blatant attempt to goose the numbers of Firestarter. Uh, leave leave goose to Top Gun Maverick and let Firestarter just like burn to ashes. Uh, this is uh, and also why Firestarter? Why punish the people that are going to see Jurassic World Dominion um, more? In my opinion, uh, but even if you love the movie, let's say you love Jurassic World Dominion, why put that downer of a movie? 
movie is the second uh, movie on the double bill. You got a lot of you put the bad guys on there. You, you know, put something on there. I mean, come on, Universal Firestarter. You, you're gonna attach that to Jurassic World Dominion for 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 a little bit of clout. That 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 much more box office money. Come on. Rounding out the other movies on the per theater average, 1982. That's not the year. That's the name of the movie, 1982. It came out a few years ago. It was the official selection of Lebanon for the Academy Awards that year. I don't think it got a proper release due to the pandemic. So it was released in one theater with a $4,900 average. And then right behind it, the South Korean film The Roundup continues to do well in 20 theaters with almost $4,900 per theater. Before we keep going, I want to thank one of my sponsors for today's show, and that is Upside. I have a lot of fun talking about box office money, but let's get real for a second here. When you're at the gas pump, when we're at the grocery store, when I get that check from the server, a lot of times it's not fun to look at that total on the receipt, and it seems even more so lately. That's one reason why I'm glad that I started using Upside. Upside is an app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out, and that's pretty much everybody. With every purchase I make using Upside, I get cash back, and I know that this may sound too good to be true, but this is something that I've always said, I never plug anything on this show that I don't use myself. Last week, Mara and I were on a road trip up north right around Chicago, and I was able to open the Upside app, see which gas stations nearby offered a discount whenever it was time to fill up our tank, and save some money. All you have to do is pick the business offering an Upside discount, claim the offer on the free app, and check in when you get there, then pay as usual with a credit or debit card and collect your cash back. Using Upside is kind of like a scavenger hunt for how much money you want to save. Download the free Upside app right now and use promo code Dan Merle, that's my name, to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code Dan Merle, D-A-N-M-U-R-R-E-L-L. And I want to thank Upside for sponsoring today's show. When we look at the per theater averages for 2022, Jurassic World Dominion actually makes the top five. Everything Everywhere All at Once still has the top per theater average of the year uh, with its first initial opening weekend in 10 theaters and a $50,000 average. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness's opening weekend has the largest wide opening per theater average of the year with $41,000 in 4,500 plus theaters. The Worst Person in the World still at number three with the $34,000 average average in four theaters, but you see Jurassic World Dominion in almost 4,700 theaters with a $31,000 per theater average. That's good enough for number four this year. That bumps the Batman in its opening weekend per theater average of $30,339 to number five. Top Gun Maverick not on this list for a number of reasons. Again, because uh, it opened on a four-day weekend. It has been one of those movies that has longer legs. When you look at its box office total, you think, well, of course Top Gun Maverick's going to have one of those top five per theater averages of the year, but it has been a much more sustained level of success rather than this big burst right at the beginning. When we look at the box office road to recovery and the performance this weekend against the average of 2015 through 2019 and then last year's performance, 2021's performance, you see that we have, for the fourth time this year, surpassed the average box office from the five years preceding the, the pandemic uh, when you combine those years and average them out. We only did that once last year. And when you look at this upcoming weekend, basically we'd have to stay even with where we were at just over $200 million 
and we have Top Gun Maverick in the marketplace. We have the second weekend of Jurassic World in the marketplace. We have a new Pixar film, Lightyear, uh, in the marketplace. I think it's a it's a pretty good bet that we're going to stay on top of that average for at least one more weekend. And then going forward, just looking at when Thor: Love and Thunder falls in the schedule, I think that we're going to see it happen a couple more times at least this summer. So this is great news. The fact that we are now consistently beating the average uh, box office from uh, several years pre-pandemic means that we are getting back to that level of normal uh, and and above normal uh, that we did not see very often. When you see where we are this year versus where we were even in 2021, that kind of valley in the middle of the summer, uh, I think this is very encouraging. And I think that for everybody who said that, well, theatrical is dead and, and maybe even folks like uh, Warner Brothers who said like, well, day and date is the future. Obviously not. I mean, there is demand still uh, for a lot of these movies. Uh, yes, they are mostly blockbuster films, but we've seen some grosses for other movies uh, that maybe don't make these huge uh, opening weekend explosions. But I think that a lot of people who declare the theatrical model dead are now seeing it rise like a zombie uh, from the grave. And I think it's gonna be very interesting to see when we look back on the pandemic business practices as far as what worked and what didn't. Um, you know, there were a lot of a very kind of premature proclamations from a lot of folks out there. When we look at the market share for this weekend, Universal picks up a big 4% market share off of the opening of Jurassic World Dominion. It has now sold 15% of all the tickets sold domestically this year to date. Paramount picks up another 2%, so it is now responsible for 27% of all movie ticket sales this year to date. A fantastic year for Paramount, especially because it has long been one of the studios that is at the back of the pack. Disney Fox loses 1% point it's down to 17 percent although it should see a big bump this week with the opening of Lightyear and another big bump in a couple of weeks when Thor Love and Thunder opens Sony losing two percentage points as far as market share goes it's down to 16 percent Warner Brothers down another two points it's now down to 15 percent and then all other studios including uh, your independent distributors like A24 and Neon etc are down one percent to ten percent of the total box office ticket sales to date Let's look at the movies that are not the big blockbuster films, but were in limited release or perhaps the specialty box office, whatever you prefer to call it. These are movies that were in 1,000 theaters or fewer. And number one is the Indian film Ante Sundaraniki. And I'm sure that I probably butchered that. I, I apologize. Uh, it was playing in 350 theaters for a $621,000 total over this past weekend. So we continue to see Indian films doing well uh, at the specialty box office. And, you know, I I've said this before on some other episodes but I think, you know, people kind of dip in and out. Uh, so maybe just put like a timestamp or something here, or maybe I'll start doing it. Uh, but I, I, I get a lot of feedback from people um, almost weekly saying like, wait, I saw, you know, this Indian movie did this much, or you missed this Indian movie that did this much in limited release or specialty release or the worldwide box office, etc. I, I really do the best that I can. And, and I have several sources that I check for box office figures. One of the reasons that I started doing the show taping on Monday nights for release on Tuesday was to try to get as complete a picture as I could and not have to kind of rush to get things out and done on Monday. Uh, but Indian box office in particular is very difficult to find reliable information on, especially right after the end of the weekend. And I think it's because there are many, uh, for a lot of Indian films, different versions, different languages, different regions globally that have to be collected. And, and I think that that box office data isn't delivered on the same timetable, uh, you know, your Sunday afternoon, Monday morning delivery, as you see a lot of other 
films uh, that are part of the, you know, the more Hollywood studios that have that apparatus to collect everything quickly and that reporting apparatus. Uh, so it, it is not it is not an intentional oversight or one of uh, ignorance for me if there is a, a number for a film from the Indian box office that I missed. It's just that that information is not readily available uh, right as I'm putting the show together. So I, I do try to go back and, and look and check uh, and and add to the information when I can. But, but I promise it's not an intentional oversight. It's just very difficult to gather that information in real time almost. Looking at the rest of the limited release films, Crimes of the Future remains in second place with another $374,000, followed by Watcher with $335,000, the roundup with a nearly $100,000 collection for the weekend, and then at number five, Deep in the Heart, a Texas wildlife story in 61 theaters, bringing in $64,881. When we look at the 2022 limited release top 10, we actually did have a change this week. BTS Permission to Dance remains number one, followed by KG. Chapter 2, speaking of films from India, Cyrano is at number 3, The Worst Person in the World at number 4, The Portion of Everything Everywhere All at Once is released, where it was playing in limited releases at number 5, followed by Parallel Mothers, Uma, Drive My Car, and then at number 9, we have David Cronenberg's latest film, Entering the Chart. It has broken the $2 million barrier and is now the ninth highest grossing film in limited release uh, of 2022. That drops Radha Shyam down to number 10, and that means that the family film, Family camp drops out of the 2022 limited release top 10. We are in mid-June now, hard to believe, in the middle of summer movie season, and let's look at what the charts for the summer movies are looking like. For right now, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is number one, but you see there only about a $3 million difference. That difference has probably been erased as we're sitting here talking right now. Next week, Top Gun Maverick will have that number one spot. Jurassic World Dominion, opens at number three on the domestic summer box office list with its $145 million opening. That moves Downton Abbey, A New Era, Bob's Burgers, Firestarter, Men, and Family Camp all down one spot with two spots remaining. We're pretty soon going to have a full summer top 10. Lightyear's going to be on there next year. I think Brian and Charles actually is getting a wide theatrical release. I'll have to look at the screen count on that. So we could have a full top 10 next week, and we're going to start slotting some movies in as we get into July and August and really start start seeing what this final picture is going to look like at the box office. When we look at my predictions versus the actual box office, I, I'm only going to have one title in green for a very short time because you see I predicted Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness as the number one movie of the summer. That is going to be an incorrect prediction because it is at a minimum going to be Top Gun Maverick, which is currently the number two movie, but will soon be the number one movie. I predicted Jurassic World Dominion to be the number two movie of the summer. Will We'll see if it can overtake Doctor Strange, if it has the legs to hold up in the domestic marketplace. Uh, then we have Thor Love and Thunder, Lightyear, Minions, DC League of Super Pets, Nope, Bullet Train, and Elvis that have all yet to open. Uh, so uh, the majority of my picks still very much up in the air. I'm going to be seeing Elvis, by the way, this week. That was one of my long shot picks for one of the top 10 summer movies. We are approaching that opening uh, later this month, and we'll see if I was laughably off base by picking Elvis as one of the 10 summer movies of 2022.
Let's turn our eyes outside of the domestic marketplace and look at the international movies. Jurassic World Dominion, the number one movie outside of the U.S. and Canada with $176.6 million. Top Gun Maverick bringing in another $52.7 million, followed by The Roundup with $7.5 million, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness with $5.4 million, and then at number five, another South Korean film. So two of the top five uh, movies that we have data for uh, at the international box office this past weekend Coming from South Korea, the number five film is a movie called Broker. It played at the Cannes Film Festival this year. This could be perhaps another, I don't know if it's going to be a Parasite level movie in the sense that it's going to go on to win Best Picture, but if you're looking for uh, an awards potential movie coming out of South Korea, uh, perhaps Broker uh, is that movie. I remember back in 2019, we started talking about Parasite over the summer after it played Cannes and did exceptionally well there and followed it for nearly a year all the way to the Oscars. Uh, in 2020, shortly before the world went crazy, much like uh, the characters in Parasite do. When you take the international market, you combine it with the domestic market, we get the top five worldwide films over the weekend. And Jurassic World Dominion banking $321.6 million worldwide. One thing to take note of when you look at that number, it's pretty big, $321.6 million. About $50 million of that comes from a market that not every Hollywood movie has been able to uh, have this year, including Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and Top Gun Maverick, and that is China. Jurassic World Dominion doing very well in China in its opening weekend. One of the best opening weekends for a Hollywood film in quite some time there. So it passed muster there. The censors allowed its release. Uh, and, and that is one reason why you see this big number worldwide uh, for Jurassic World Dominion this past weekend. Uh, because we're getting those Chinese numbers. We've talked about that. I covered it on the show extensively a couple weeks ago. This is the potential power of the Chinese box office. Top Gun Maverick at number two with another $104.5 million. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness with $10.6 million. The Roundup with $7.6 million. And The Bad Guys with $6.9 million, rounding out the worldwide top five. I mentioned that $321.6 million is a great worldwide weekend gross. It's actually the second best gross we've seen from a film this year worldwide. Now, these are not opening grosses because not every movie opens at the same time. For example, Jurassic World Dominion's technical opening was last week because it opened in some international markets. So these are just the top five weekend grosses worldwide of the year. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, still number one, did not open in China, but was able to make $452.4 million in its opening weekend. Jurassic World Dominion, with the advantage of China being added to the mix with a $321.6 million opening weekend. Then we have The Batman back in March with $254 million and two of Top Gun Maverick's weekends making the top five worldwide for this year. It's opening weekend, May 27th through 29th with $250.7 million, and it's second weekend, June 3rd through June 5th with $171.7 million, both of those being driven very heavily by its success domestically. When we look at the yearly 2022 domestic box office, again, for the last day, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, number one. Top Gun Maverick moves up one spot to number two, soon to be up one more spot to number one. The Batman drops down one spot to number three. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Uncharted stay at four and five. Jurassic World Dominion enters the chart at number six. It will be climbing that chart very rapidly, probably as high as number four by next week. That bumps the Lost City, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, Door, the bad guys and scream all down one spot and dropping off the chart morbing out is morbius it is officially off the top 10 2022 domestic 
highest grossing films. Looking at the 2022 worldwide box office, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness has a much more comfortable lead for now with $930.2 million, likely to end up around $950 million without the Chinese and Russian markets. We talked about that. You can check out past episodes. The Batman is at number two for now, although I think Top Gun Maverick will likely overtake it by next weekend with $770.3 million. Top Gun Maverick number three at the moment with $747 million. That bumps the battle at Lake Chungjin 2 from China down one spot to number four. Uncharted stays at number five. Fantastic Beast: The Secrets of Dumbledore stays at number six with Sonic the Hedgehog 2 gaining. It's jumped up one spot to number seven with $398.3 million. That drops another Chinese film, Too Cool to Kill, down one spot to number eight. Jurassic World Dominion enters the chart at number nine with $389.1 million. It could be as high as a probably number five by next week. The Bad Guys drops down one spot to number 10 and Nice View, another Chinese film dropping out of the top 10. And it's very interesting when you look at this uh, chart because we're seeing almost a flipped version of what we saw, particularly in 2020, which is that uh, at the very beginning of 2020, China was seeing a lot of lockdowns and US films were coming out. So you had a lot of Hollywood films in the top 10. But then as the year went on and US theaters were closed, a lot of Chinese films came into the top 10 as they reopened their theaters. 2022 has kind of been a flip-flop. At the beginning of the year, China was able to release a lot of films. You saw a lot of Chinese films here in the worldwide top 10. They went through lockdowns that were kind of a delayed version of what we'd had here uh, here in the United States. And now we see a lot of Hollywood films that are coming into the marketplace and kind of taking up these spots on the worldwide box office because China has largely been restricted in what they can release. So this pandemic has has gone through so many different waves and, and changes and different cycles. And we're seeing a box office cycle right now where China is heavily restricted on what they're able to release and how many people can go to the movies. So we're seeing a lot more Hollywood films back in this worldwide top 10. When we look at the previous 365 day chart, so if you take the calendar, you roll it back to one year ago today, these are the top 10 ticket sellers in those last 365 days. Spider-Man No Way Home will be number one probably until it's retired with $1.9 billion. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness jumps up one spot to number two. That drops the Battle of Lake Chongjin down to number three. That movie came out last year. No Time to Die is at number four. The Batman is at number five. But look at Top Gun Maverick closing fast. It's probably going to be at number four next week. In just eight days on this chart, it has made $747 million, moving up two spots. The Battle at Lake Chungjin 2 drops down one spot. Venom Let There Be Carnage drops down one spot. I think I had an incorrect total for that movie there uh, last week. It's just over the half billion dollar mark worldwide. That leaves Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and Sing 2 at numbers 9 and 10. But we're going to see Jurassic World Dominion on this chart next week as well knocking Sing 2 off of the chart, and we'll see how Lightyear does. We may very well see it on this chart soon. Before we move on, I want to thank another one of today's sponsors. You've heard them on the show before, and I love talking about them, and that is Storyblocks. How many times have you searched the internet trying to find the right stock footage, stock clip, or a picture, and found out that you have to license it for $100 or $150? Well, with Storyblocks, you're not going to have to worry about that anymore. Storyblocks has an ever-growing library of 4K and HD footage, After Effects and Premiere Pro templates, music, images, sound effects, and more to give you everything you need to bring your stories to life. And it is always growing and demand-driven. All of these assets are also royalty-free, so you can use your downloaded content anywhere for commercial and 
personal use. And the Storyblocks Unlimited All Access Plan gives you unlimited downloads for the over 1 million plus assets in their library so you can find the perfect fit, create more, and spend less without sacrificing quality. And the great thing about Storyblocks is no matter what you're talking about, no matter what kind of video you're making, they've got something for you. I mean, just the stuff that we've been talking about here today. I'm still excited about seeing Top Gun Maverick. If I want to look at some F-15s, there you go, right there on Storyblocks. Did you go check out Jurassic World Dominion? Are you interested to see footage of some locusts? Well, guess what? There you go, right there on Storyblocks. Or, you know, what if I just want a dancing T-Rex? <laughs> If you need it, chances are Storyblocks has it, and you can choose a plan that works for you from their selection of flexible subscriptions that scale to give you all the content and tools you need to focus on creating and not worrying about budget. And you can find out more right now by heading over to storyblocks.com slash Dan. That's S-T-O-R-Y-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash Dan, D-A-N, to check out their library and find the plan that's right for you. Before we look at the streaming charts, I always like to do a flashback to a year in box office past, and we're going to go back and listen, if you're over the age of about 32 to 35, take a deep breath because this is going to hurt. We're going to go back 25 years to the opening weekend of Con Air starring Nicolas Cage. Yes, it has been 25 years since Con Air opened June 6th through the 8th, 1997, the 23rd weekend of the year. Con Air opened to $24.1 million, the best movie that Michael Bay never directed. In its third week, The Lost World Jurassic Park still doing well with $18.5 million. The Meg Ryan and Matthew Broderick film Addicted to Love in its third week was at $3.6 million, followed by Buddy starring Rene Russo. A little known fact about the box office in the 1990s are really a Hollywood rule in general. Between the years of 1994 to 1999, roughly, it was a Hollywood mandate that studios must release one to two films a year starring a lovable monkey, ape, or gorilla. And so you see here, uh, Jim Henson Pictures presents Rene Russo in Buddy, uh, which was about a gorilla. So check that one off the list. Then at number five, the Joe Pesci, Danny Glover, Buddy comedy. And that's really... Uh, a sentence that could only exist in the late 90s. Gone Fishing. They were both on the chart last week when we talked about Lethal Weapon 3 and its uh, good opening weekend. Uh, there they were in 1997, uh, palling around, going fishing. You know what? I kind of like to see a movie today with Joe Pesci and Danny Glover. Why not? I mean, you know, they'd be up to some fun stuff. All right, let's move away from what people are watching in theaters to what they are watching at home. And we'll start, as we always do, with the iTunes charts. This is what people are buying on the iTunes store, movie-wise, not Kate Bush-wise. Downton Abbey, A New Era, number one, available for purchase and premium video on demand. So everybody that didn't go out to the theater watching Downton Abbey at home on television. Everything Everywhere All at Once, available for purchase, enters the chart at number two, followed by The Lost City. That little new tag is there because the rental window has opened on that movie. At number four available for purchase is the Nick Cage. We just talked about Con Air. Well, the Nick Cage meta comedy, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent is available for purchase at number four. Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the rental window opening, it's there at number five. The Batman available for rental and purchase there at number six. Uncharted and Top Gun, both carryovers from last week at number seven and eight. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, some people catching up on the Jurassic Saga either before or after they went to see Jurassic World Dominion. Don't know why you'd watch it after, but I'm sure some people did. At number nine, available for purchase or rental. And then Spider-Man No Way Home carried over on the chart at number 10. 
Let's take a look at the most watched programs on Netflix. These are using my global Merle metrics where I take the number of hours watched uh, as reported by Netflix, divide it by the runtime of the series or movie. That gives me a number I call the PFV number, which is the potential finished views, the number of Netflix users potentially that could have finished a program. I just help, think it helps to even out uh, the playing field when it comes to movies and TV shows. But the playing field was dominated by one thing and one thing only. This is for May 30th through June 5th. So uh, basically, the first full week of Stranger Things 4 being available on Netflix and a massive second week number. 335 million hours watched for Stranger Things 4 and this is after its first weekend on the service. A PFV of 36.5 meaning the show is watched enough for 36.5 million Netflix users to have finished the entirety of Stranger Things 4 Volume 1. Interceptor, the Netflix original movie, was at number two with a PFV of 21.8. But Stranger Things all over the board, uh, the first series of Stranger Things, season one, uh, at number three, 75 million hours watched, a PFV of 11.1. The Netflix original movie, a perfect pairing at number four. Then we have Stranger Things 2 at number five with a PFV of 7.5. The Netflix movie Senior Year at number six. Then Stranger Things 3 at number seven with a PFV of 6.3. Then The Amazing Spider-Man, uh, a library title for Netflix with a PFV of 5.9. Disappearance at Clifton Hill is at number 9 with a PFV of 5.2. The rare non-blockbuster, non-Netflix original movie here in the top 10. And then at number 10, The Lincoln Lawyer Season 1 with a PFV of 5.1. But you see here why Stranger Things is such an important thing for Netflix to have because interest spiked in every season of the show 1, 2, 3, and 4. And the important thing to remember is that the numbers are not done for Stranger Things 4. In a couple weeks, we have the final two episodes, which are both feature length. So we're going to see a second round of massive viewership numbers for Stranger Things 4 here. And that's why I started keeping track of the most watched Netflix programs based on the data that they provide. Now, there are always hours, watch hours that happen after they fall off these charts. So these are not final numbers, but it's the best that I can do. Last week, I showed you the 10 most watched programs of 2022 on Netflix. Stranger Things was not there. This week it is there. So we see that the Adam Project, still the most watched Netflix program of 2022, with a PFV of 147.2, meaning 147.2 million Netflix users potentially finished viewing the Adam Project. Bridgerton Season 2 at number 2 with a PFV of 92.2. The Tender Swindler close behind with 90.6. Then we have Senior Year moving up 1 with a PFV of 83.0. Moving over Ozark Season 4 with a PFV of 81.2. But rapidly moving up the charts is Stranger Things 4. Right now given the hours watched for both uh, its available weeks, it's a total of 621.8 million hours. A PFV of 67.6. The only thing that's keeping that PFV number a little bit lower is that the part of Stranger Things that's available is pretty long. So we're dividing a lot of hours by a longer runtime. So we have a smaller PFV, but that number is going to keep going up. That moves 365 days this day, inventing Anna through my window, and all of us are dead down one spot each. That drops the weekend away, the Netflix movie out of the Netflix top 10 for 2022. But I also did do what I said I was going to do, which is to go back all the way to when they started providing the hours watch data last June and generating the top 10 most watched Netflix programs uh, since we've had data made available. And number one, as you can probably guess, is Squid Game. 
Over 2.2 billion hours reported by Netflix watched from Squid Game, a PFV of 278.3 million Netflix users that watched Squid Game all the way through. That's more than there are reported Netflix users currently. So basically Squid Game season one was watched enough for every single Netflix user to have watched the entire first season one time through and then some of them to have watched it again. That's just how popular Squid Game Season 1 was. Red Notice is also very impressive with a PFE of 230.7. That means just about every Netflix user could have watched Red Notice all the way through. Don't Look Up at number 3 with a PFE of 169.4. The Adam Project at number 4 with a PFE of 147.2. The Unforgivable at number 5 with a PFE of 115.5. Sandra Bullock movie there. Money Heist Part 5, very popular series and much like Stranger Things released into two separate batches. It has an ultimate PFV of 100.6. Then Bridgerton Season 2 with a 92.3 PFV. The Tender Swindler at 90.6. Senior Year at 83. And then Ozark Season 4 at number 10 with an 81.6 PFV. So we're going to see Stranger Things 4 first move up the 2022 chart, especially once that second volume hits. And then we'll see if it can make the top 10 most watched Netflix programs since last June when they reported uh, those hours. I really wish they go back and just report all the hours like going all the way back it would be a days-long research project but wouldn't it be cool to see what the most watched netflix programs of all time were that would be very cool but i I don't i don't really know if we're going to get that chance before we wrap up one final look at the most watched streaming movies and shows as reported by nielsen so this reports several different streaming services including hulu amazon disney netflix it doesn't include right now services like hbo max paramount plus and some others hopefully in the future. There's about a month delay on these numbers, but it kind of helps to show what people are watching here domestically. So these are the U.S. numbers. Those Netflix numbers uh, were global numbers. These are U.S. numbers for May 9th through May 15th. So about one month ago, the most watched streaming movies senior year drops Encanto out of the number one spot, which it had held for weeks with 13.2 million hours watched, followed by Our Father, also on Netflix with 7.5 million hours watched. That drops Encanto down to number three another netflix film operation mincemeat at number four followed by marmaduke on netflix at number five u.s marshals on netflix at number six turning red drops down to number seven with 3.7 million hours watched then den of thieves on netflix at number eight moana at number nine on disney plus and then happy gilmore i i love that movie it was at 2.4 million hours watched on Netflix. So a lot of people just wanting to enjoy it, maybe around the time of, uh, you know, golf, the PGA Tour, the Masters, etc., or just because it's a funny movie. And finally, now the 10 most watched streaming shows in the U.S. for May 9th through the 15th. This is a minimum view of two minutes for both the streaming shows and streaming movies. Ozark at number one with 28.8 million. We'll see Stranger Things take this chart over in about three weeks. The Lincoln Lawyer at number two. This is the week that it debuted on Netflix with 14.7 million hours watched. Coco Melon on Netflix at number nine with 11.9 million hours watched, followed by Grace and Frankie at number four. Candy on Hulu. I think this may be the first time we've seen a Hulu show uh, crack this top 10 most watched streaming show chart with 9.6 million hours watched. Criminal Minds at number six and NCIS on number seven, both on Netflix. Uh, probably your grandparents watching it using your password. At number eight, Working Moms on Netflix. At number nine, Outlander on Netflix. And at number 10, Heartland on 
on Netflix. I'll be interested to see uh, in the coming weeks, uh, Stranger Things is going to pop up. The Boys potentially uh, going to pop up. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to start popping up uh, also uh, on this uh, chart when we look at the streaming shows. You notice Moon Knight dropped off the chart this week because this was the week after the last episode aired. So not a lot of people returning to Disney Plus to watch the full run of the series. Uh, Looks like very much a weekly audience for Moon Knight. So Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to start popping up soon. It'll be interesting to see where it falls with all the other Netflix things. That's why I do this Nielsen chart, because I want to put a little more context, even though we have that month delay, which is kind of a bummer. That wraps us up for this week, but there is a very busy week coming up if you are a movie fan. We have Lightyear, the first Pixar movie to hit theaters in quite some time, opening as the big banner release, the Toy Story kind of spinoff movie. It's the movie inside the... Anyway, I'll check it out. You'll have a review for that movie here on the channel this week. I'm also going to try to do one for Brian and Charles. You heard me probably talking about it right around Sundance time. It was one of my favorite movies coming out of the Sundance Film Festival. Focus Features bought it. It's giving it a wide theatrical release this week. I love this movie. It is so funny. If you have a chance to see it, I highly recommend it. I'm going to try to do a review and get the word out for it this week. I'm Charles Petrescu. Hello, Brian. The big buzzy movie of Sundance was one that has uh, not a great name, in my opinion, and really not a very good poster. I don't like this poster at all. It's called Cha-Cha Real Smooth. It was the the big hot ticket of the Sundance Film Festival. A lot of people comparing it to a movie like Coda, as far as it being an audience favorite. It hits Apple TV Plus this week. It was bought by Apple TV, so you can see it on streaming. Another big festival hit, Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, which had a much buzzed about performance from Emma Thompson, is hitting Hulu this week, so a couple couple of big streaming releases for Hulu and Apple TV Plus and also Spiderhead from Joseph Kaczynski, the director of Top Gun Maverick. The great timing for Netflix. They have the next Joseph Kaczynski film starring Miles Teller, Chris Hemsworth and others. It is also debuting on Netflix. So a big weekend for streaming movies, a big weekend for theatrical movies and a lot of stuff to talk about here on the show next week. That does it for us. Thank you so much to Carbon Health for being my partner here on the show. Also thank you to my sponsors Storyblocks and Upside you can find information about all of those uh, great folks down in the description below. But most of all, thank you for watching. It's a busy week. I'll be back with my review of Obi-Wan Kenobi, Lightyear, maybe Brian and Charles. I'm going to try to check out Spiderhead. Uh, So much going on that I love to talk about and bring to you here on the channel. Until next time, stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye.